0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Hello, friends. This is and Pennies. MTJ gets his fourth dub at Sonoma and drinks the wine goblet. And also, you guys got to listen because I have a pitch that can turn NASCAR upside down. And all I have to do is hook up some electrical wires, Chuck. So tune in. Here my pitch. This is stacking pennies. Stacking them deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're out here stacking pennies. Hello, friends. This is the Sonoma version of stacking pennies. I am Corey the Joy Driver, of the number seven this week. Glad to be home. Nice and settled in. Was able to sling that thing around and have some speed at the old rights and lefts looking Uh, good out there yeah we were okay we can get into that here shortly uh joined to my right mr chuck
2: bush hi how's it going good wearing my ryan flores shirt
1: i see that because we had to dump one out for our homie that ain't here in studio ryan flores he's uh in new jersey but he's gonna be zooming in with us for pit pit road boats and woes and then there's jonathan merriman buddy you know Enjoying some podcast studio Tuesdays.
3: That's nice with Flores not here.
1: I don't know. I'd rather I'd trade him for you. Oh, well, thank you. Or you for him. Something like that. You know. Let's just get right to it, Chuck. Yeah. I got an idea. Okay. And I couldn't stop looking at every post that was put up there. When you saw the Garage 56 car in person, it made me excited. It got me excited. I can do without the carbon fiber wickers and stuff like that on the, the louvers and all that. And maybe even the side mirrors. But let me tell you what would make our cup cars look next level. Headlights and taillights. Yeah, I agree. Dude, those freaking headlights, uh, and particularly taillights, too. The taillights were sick.
2: When, I mean. When we, we saw a little bit of it with the cup cars in North Wilkesboro.
1: Of the flashing lights? Of the flashing yeah, lights. I like,
2: like I didn't like that. But you could kind of get an idea of seeing taillights. It would be kind of cool.
3: I mean, you could make that pitch, though. I mean, if, if the goal is to is to have them be stock cars, yeah. like wanna run, run as light. many stock parts as you can? You put those headlights and taillights in there, would be sick.
1: Yeah, and and obviously they'd have to figure out how
3: to not make them shatter. And maybe have, for like, like the <laughs> night races, too. I mean, maybe if it was like just a night race.
2: Dude. Do they give you high beams? Yeah, <laughs> like, ding, ding, get like, out of the like, way. Like, <laughs> <out of laughs> way! You don't get horns, but dude. you get the high beams, Bl- blinkers, yeah. blinkers too. Yeah, blinkers too. That way, turning is, left, people pits. Like, why does he got a right turn on? Just go ahead and like put like a little like a Jimmy, weight on the left side. Yeah, yeah. I was
3: gonna say all way I was like Jimmy out there just riding with a yeah. blinker on the whole time. So you don't have to <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> go around. <laughs> you don't have to wave out the window anymore. You can just put your blinker, and I'm pitting. Yeah. yeah, dude, that looks sweet. That car looks sweet.
3: That three man crew did a great job too. Pilot that thing.
1: Yeah. Eight hours a piece behind the wheel on that thing. Jensen Button, Rockefeller, and
3: Jimmy Johansson. What were their? How did they split those stints up? Was it? Were they two hour shifts, four hour shifts? There's no know. way it wasn't three eight hour shifts.
2: Obviously not. I'm not entirely sure. But well, Jimmy they Jimmy would, they opened, would probably do a fuel run. Jimmy so opened probably and two, closed right. Yeah, I know he closed. I didn't. Yeah, see Yeah, but the
1: but then he right. also did a he did a night stint too in there. Yeah. I saw. That deal was pretty cool, man. I think. Uh, I think that was a pleasant surprise to everybody in the industry who didn't quite know what, what it was or what the objective was, but Jim France had it, had it in his mind, man, he wanted to go bring a NASCAR to Lamont. Well, I was also on their one hundredth, their centennial anniversary, I thought it was pretty cool. Dude. Yeah. Our seventy fifth and their one hundredth. We had a car ripping around there.
3: I thought the reaction was was uh not that not that we're not relevant, but just in terms of like social traffic. People who don't talk about NASCAR are jazzed up about us bringing that car to to Le Mans. I mean, it's every time I open Facebook or Instagram Reels or YouTube Shorts, it, it's somebody you know whether they're whether it's like a a meme in a positive direction, like you know talking about bald eagles and freedom on the on the That's streets, what sounded streets like. Like. Yeah. of France. Yeah, like, meanwhile he go...
2: Wow. Yeah, people were cr- going
3: crazy over
2: that. I saw some random thing on TikTok. It was like, listen to the inside of this car as Jimmy Johnson goes around, and it's just that throaty Dude, stock car. That thing with yeah. the
1: paddle shifters and the no lift shift sounded nasty. uh So kudos to Garage Fifty Six NASCAR, Hendrick, you want to know I mean, what? Goodyear, GM, everybody had a hand in that. I think it represented the sport incredibly well
3: jessica hook being on this podcast solidified the success of that i agree with that
1: yeah i agree with that and and i'm glad we actually like had her into to talk about it before the race and how much
2: excited she was and i will say that we got a note from a fan asking why we weren't covering the other american teams that were in the 24 hour like
1: action express and some others
2: i mean penske's got you know and ganassi's got cars the the thing about this is like we're hyping up the nascar side of it because we took a cup car, yeah, over there to race against them. It was a
3: NASCAR entry,
2: yeah, and it's yes. Yeah. And
3: I don't know jack about
1: Penske Porsches or American Express Cadillac prototypes. Sorry like a, about that. I don't know enough to talk about it. So I do know enough about our rednecks building a sweet cup car and going and making laps.
2: But I think the whole like the the cool thing about this is you were able to bring both of those worlds together the the stock car world and the sports car world and like everybody was kind of like hey, this is some cool stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like it, and, and they didn't look out of place. Well, no. it, looked, they, it physically looked out of place when you looked at that head-on picture of the
2: grid. <laughs> By out of place, you mean amazing?
3: Yeah, like well, it was, was twice as tall as all the other cars. What was crazy to me is, I mean, you see all like those prototype style cars and stuff like that, but then you see in-car cameras of Jimmy Johnson passing those hyper car level performance cars yeah. on the racetrack, like on those long straights. Horsepower, like... buddy. Wait a minute. What like
2: when well, that's faster than than that? That's crazy. They the Garage 56 car was running faster than all of the GTE cars. Like yes, they were in a class of their own because it was like an invitation class yeah. or whatever, but they outperformed guys that are there doing it on on the reg.
1: I'd like to will. get a maybe a technological comparison versus that car of that raced versus ours and there's obviously some there's some sta- substantial differences. Yes.
3: Six hundred pounds lighter, more horsepower, carbon brakes. Yeah,
1: I mean all the things that would take a car to make it for a twenty-four hour difference. Obviously, they had to change rotors and pads and all the stuff that. But the the carbon rotors and and brakes and all that stuff makes the car just it makes it better for one. But had a lot more downforce. You saw all the the big splitter, the big louvers, and the the nose and quarter panels. It just it was sweet.
3: Imagine the draft that all those like little dainty cars got off the back of that big ass thing. I was
1: reading something about – I was reading an article. I think it was the Toyota Hypercar, the, the Gazoo Racing. I think Kamui's driving it, and they said that when a Hypercar drafted up behind – The garage 56 car the the vacuum actually like because they have an air speed sensor on the roof of those things went to zero like it was actually sucking the car up closer to them because it was making literally no force that's crazy of of drag on their car
3: that is awesome yeah
1: so that's just physics and that's why everybody complains about dirty air with these things because they are just bricks driving through the air i mean there's a big hole there's nothing efficient about them uh, but there's also some pretty cool little nick next cars coming up with in the future to maybe implement on our cars to help mitigate that. So I'm excited to see what what that's coming out with
2: as well. And this at the end of the day, this is one of the things that they talked about when we developed and I say we because I worked for NASCAR and I didn't have a hand in developing the next gen car at all. but as a team thing, NASCAR developed the next gen car to help attract other manufacturers into the sport and when you go and you compete against these other manufacturers like it opens the door to conversations at least conversations like hey i saw what you guys did that's badass we could you know potentially yeah. have something here
3: you know yeah. what would be cool is to have headlights on, on right. that <laughs> but like if you just took and i'm dreaming here like if you had a toyota a ford and a chevy all enter into the toy, its own the, class the rolex, the rolex 24 <laughs> like that i mean that would be sick like you you take your best three or four drivers from from the nascar season from that team and that would be
2: kind of cool that would be sick i mean i think there's you know people that not only listen to this podcast but people that work at, at nascar that know some people that you know kind of run that rolex thing that would yeah. be
3: yeah, just, I'm just
1: i just i think we can soon. get a couple invitations earmarked for
2: three it would be a cool oh yeah kind of concept and they'd get the headlights on them too that would be sweet That's all I want to see. That's how you test it out with the different manufacturers. You run the Rolex 24-hour race with the headlights and the taillights, and they're like, can we just keep these on? Dude, that
3: Mustang would look sick with some headlights in it. I mean, freaking Camaro
1: look banging. I mean, they all look good because then they wouldn't be stickers anymore. That would be stock headlights. Love to see it. Is that all we got for Garage 56? What's next with the Garage 56? What do you do? I don't know. Put it in the Hall of Fame? I saw
3: Chevy was coming out with a Garage 56 edition Camaro. Yeah, Um, that's cool. So, I mean, yeah, I I think the ripple effects
2: from this are going to be massive. Higgy just sent me a text that said that there were wireless tire pressure monitor system on the tires for groceries.
3: Yeah, Yeah, but I got that on my Toyota Sienna. Yeah, Yeah. Bluetooth. Yeah, I mean
2: (laughs) that's just like the little technology like stuff that you can throw in there.
3: But the thing of it is, is it's is what the OEMs want to do is they want something that resembles a technology that comes off the showroom floor and like wireless tire pressure sensors. Well,
1: that's the balance that NASCAR has to keep. They wanted to keep... Remember we went to that short stint with the old car with that track bars on adjuster?
3: Yes, I was thinking yeah. about that the other day. That was terrible. Right, so... Because
1: then you can you can essentially adjust how the balance of your car was over the course of the run so there wasn't as many comers and goers depending on how your balance was. But I think NASCAR, there's a balance between giving the OEMs what they want in terms of, you know, whether it's sway bar stiffness that you can adjust in the car... The only adjustment we have right now is the the brake bias, which is still a pretty sensitive tool that we have, especially at a road course. But I don't think that the drivers need to have adjustability in the car. I I hope that they don't go that direction so much, uh, but I do think and hope they allow the OEMs to incorporate some of those things, uh, make it look a little bit more similar to what's actually on the road. But I do think that Garage 56 was just an overall positive for the sport.
2: And to put a a bow on that sort of thought, uh, TopGear.com, you know, BBC's Top Gear, they have an article that basically the headline or the first line of it says, "Well, wasn't that just excellent?" Love that. Talking about like hearing that. Th- what what was the line here? Hearing the hearing a thundering American V8 plow down the oh,
1: Moose Mous- Rous- Lane right. Straight. Yeah, I don't Mouselaine know Moose
2: Lane Straight. Yeah. How do you say it? I'm not French. Powering down the Moose Lane was something to behold. So. Hmm they think that they might have won over a few new European fans over the weekend. So, well done to all involved.
1: That is pretty cool. And also, one more nugget on top of that, and then we'll wrap it up. Amazon picked up Follow Doc.
2: Yes. Yes. So, I don't know when it'll release yet, but, I mean, they got to edit it.
1: So, you guys just went ahead and shot the content from start to finish.
2: Yep. NASCAR worked with Hendrick um, from the beginning, and we had folks embedded with them on not only – Camera operators, we had the social team embedded with them from the jump, yeah, from the get go. And they've been in meetings the whole thing. Like, if you look at that big group photo of everybody that's involved with Garage 56, a lot of the NASCAR Studios folks are in there. So, it's, I mean, the crew that was over there there's, covering it, there's no telling the how
3: many hours of footage. It's definitely like there's, 24. There's a lot, there's a lot, at <laughs> <So laughs> so least 24, at least
2: 24. 24. But there's a lot to go through, and the story overall, I mean. It's, I think it's going to be exciting to see how, like, this inside look of the development of it, the setbacks that they had, what they had to go through to get to where they are. It's going to be pretty cool. And you can watch it on Amazon.
1: And it didn't catch on fire. Not in the race.
2: Not in the race. It caught on fire
1: several times in testing, I get believe. It's the fire extinguisher. I believe it did. And there might be no, footage of that somewhere. It did. Yeah, but not in the race. And you can tune into the Amazon show when it drops to find out exactly when it
3: does. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. <laughs>
1: Let's shift sequential gears, shall we? To Sonoma. Well, can we talk
3: about? Yeah, can we talk about Suarez not being able? What to, about him? He goes in the Xfinity race, the H pattern. Then he gets into the next gen car. In the first five or six laps, he he yeah first, first lap. lap he goes to upshift and downshifted because oh, he was like, no. yeah. Oh, no.
1: 9,700
3: RPMs? I mean, it lasted the race. When
1: the little needle on tack reads 9,700 RPMs, that's bad, Chuck. But it held on the rest of the day. Well,
3: I mean, it's not the first time that we've we've seen it. It's, you know, Denny blew a motor, I think, doing this last year. But Harvick, a couple years ago at Pocono, he might have even won the race. Or Blaney might have won the race. I don't remember. But he revved revved a Roush Yates engine to like 9,900 RPMs and finished the race on it. So I mean, these things are they can are take failed.
1: they can take like almost like an unloaded that much RPM, but this, you don't like it. And also, if it's if it's sustained, obviously, then it's not going to kind of last. But I downshifted last week in qualifying there when I thought I was in fifth gear and I was in fourth gear when I when I downshifted to second, it went to like ninety six hundred RPMs, and they were like, eh, it's, "It'll be okay." And I was like, "Should I say a prayer for it tonight or what?" <laughs> but it held on all race. Granted, it wasn't very fast, but that was not the issue. But that's interesting man because it should be pretty straightforward. Load the shifter up a little bit and it should fall right in up 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 down 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 because down. it
3: don't go sideways.
1: Does not go sideways. But if you're if you're used to if he's used to all day long on Saturday taking his hand because you're leaving, I think I remember where exactly where it was at a 7 and it was right before the S's. He was used to an Xfinity car taking his palm and pushing it away from him second to third. So you just get in a habit of however many laps 90 laps of just every lap, second, third, second, third, second, third. You go for the first lap of the cup race and you're not pushing it from second to third. You're pulling it from second to third. Yeah. It's, uh, you, I mean, we're humans, man. That brain farts happen all the time. And there's also muscle memory. It is muscle memory. Um, I mean,
3: I'll, I'll go from driving. I got a car that's a, it's a six-speed. I got a truck that's a five-speed. Then I'll get in the van, and I'll go to start it, and I'll kick the firewall because I'm like, oh, I got to hit the clutch pedal. But then when I get in the truck, I'll I'll go to grab six gear, and it's reverse. It's <laughs> like, oh, that's <laughs> not good. That's why you're not a professional. Well, you
2: know. He's a professional something.
1: Uh, shout out to Eric Amarola, uh, winning the Xfinity race.
3: <laughs> Dude, Larson gave that away. I didn't really. I didn't watch a lap of it. That was mine.
1: His did the the
2: reaction, though, was awesome. He did the same Tiles? thing you did. Yeah, um, Eric's. Eric's just like I, it was basically he couldn't believe that he won a road course race
1: yeah we actually shared a driver intro truck on Sunday right? and I qualified 19th he qualified 20th and we you know him and I have a pretty good relationship I, I would say just <clears throat> there's not very many I can have a, a real conversation with and he was like it just felt good to get a little bit of like validation for all the work you're putting in because it is actually not very hard to be dead last in the Cup Series right now in a road course. When you mix in an Andy Lally, you mix in a Todd Gillins in the 51, right? Zane's in the 38. Like, it is not it is not hard to be dead last. Harrison qualified dead last. Andy Lally is probably one of the better short tra- uh, road course guys in the country and runs second to last all day. And Eric and I were talking about that a little bit in the truck. He's like, it felt good to just get a little bit of validation because you get a win. But he's like, then you come here on Sundays and there's 32 guys that, could be in the same situation driving the same car and went on a Saturday and just grind it on a Sunday. And there's this, there's this, I guess, uneducated take by a lot of the media of just thinking the guys on Friday or Saturday can just jump in and just automatically tw- tread water with guys on a Sunday. It's not the case. Uh, it is really hard to be a 16th place cup guy. It's really hard to be a 23rd place cup guy. So the, the broadcast I think does has done a little bit better of a job kind of telling that story and, elaborating on some of those, but yeah, the guy that wins on Saturday can go run 27th at the drop of a hat. That's just how freaking hard it is. So was glad I was able to beat him, beat a couple other guys too. I thought we had a decent day overall. Everybody knows my affinity for road course racing, pretty outspoken about that, but it's because really and truly every single, every single road course race in my entire life has been in the cup series, not an Arca race, not a truck race, not an Xfinity, did I say Xfinity already? Nothing. I think I've been in the Cup Cup series 6 years and every single one of my c- road course races has been in the Cup series. So it's literally trying to race against professionals and learn at the same time
3: on national television. So how'd you how you whack them tires in turn 11? So Bubba I thought was crowding
1: me a little bit, but you're trying so there's paint, right? There's the the paint down there has 3x the amount of grip that the asphalt does because it's way less porous like the the paint fills in the just essentially the pebbles and it makes it more of a smooth surface so your hot tire can just literally feels like pj1 traction compound and you can't really see over your right front right because you're on the car's kind of rolled over so the right front's up a little bit and you're turning you're trying to wrap it as tight as you can to keep your right side tires below the the curb because the curb has like these little washboard little grooves in it so if you can get your rights to the right of that it's big grip and then it seemed like every time you went by it the, the tires were a little bit more in a little bit more in
3: everybody's hitting them,
1: yeah. I mean, but you're just like nicking them, right? Because the, the right front fenders on these things are carbon, so they're pretty strong, and you can just tink, tink. And the more the further they get in, you come by one time, you're like, Oh, yeah, let me crank this thing a bit more and get more grip. So I think I got them twice.
3: Well, Larson hit me the Xfinity race, and it knocked the steering wheel out of his hand, yeah. That's how he lost the race,
1: yeah. They're uh, they're solid, buddy. <laughs> they they don't move very easily, uh, yeah. It, when I hit it, it, it took the wheel out of my hand a bit. But the second time I hit it, it just nicked it.
3: So do you hit it with the – are you hitting it with the fender or are you hitting it with the the tip of the tire that's pointed depends, out of the fender well? It depends how hard you get it, I guess.
1: Gotcha. Probably the front of the tire, yeah. And these tires have – these are just bigger wheels, so you have a little more leverage in the rack. Um, I think it knocked the toe in on mine a little bit because
3: after I did it, I just couldn't quite turn as good. Well, you had – at one time, you had the fastest lap of the race. <laughs> you ended up – you finished with the Until second. Until the
1: last pit stop. Yeah. yeah. Justin Haley got me at the end, which I would have – bam sh- – Pop champagne bottles on the plane if I had the
3: fastest lap. (laughs) That's what I was like. When they said it on the broadcast, I'm like, "Wait, hang on." He sucks at road courses,
1: dude. I'm putting in so much freaking work to try to get better. My eyeballs are freaking burned out with as many SMT hours. I'm looking at.
2: Is this a correct stat that that was only your fourth time racing at Sonoma?
1: Yeah, I'm sure.
2: Like that, like 2019, 21, 22, 23.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, then my first year when I was at BK. Actually, the first two years of my cup career, I didn't race at Sonoma because the first year I was at Sonoma at BK, they just sold the car like on a Wednesday to the highest bidder. I think they sold it to Alonde. Um, Remember that guy? Yep. So I was out of my seat there for the check. And then the second year was I was at TriStar splitting the year with Cole Witt. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, hey, man, you like road courses, you can freaking have them. I don't want any of them. What's he doing now? Cool he's running his old man's plumbing company out in california i need to text him he was a good dude man and he wheeled um just never could quite i don't think he had the right people around him to he got over it. he was a junior's in that xfinity deal and his his west coast i don't know persona didn't quite mesh with you know those Canapolis boys too much and they kind of ran him off but uh he was good he was a good race car driver but so the first two years of my cup career i only did maybe two and now i have just trying to been figuring out and it's it's fun when you get just the hang of it. I just haven't had a good teacher. My teacher has been all the times that I've, fe- I've f***ed up. So I'm starting to figure it out. And it's fun when you start knowing what you actually can do. Uh, but do somebody you, who has known what he's doing for a long time, what are you going to ask? Where,
3: where do you think you'd have finished if, if you hadn't have come out on the wrong end of the Tyrone pit, road, the tire pit so, road? So I
1: passed Ross the first run. Granted, they probably made their stuff a little better, but uh, he ran, what, 10th? We ran right around the – The 4 and the 41, and I think they were on the right side of it, and we were on the wrong side of it, and they ran 11th and 13th, so I think we could have been somewhere in that 9th to 14th range.
3: Dude, I was looking at the points. You're 22nd in points. Like, you're ahead of... Some good cars. Some big cars. Yeah. You're ahead of the 2 is Penske car. You're ahead of the 3, it's RCR car you're ahead of three or four of the shr cars like yeah what in the hell's going on that's awesome
1: i just texted the boys on our spire motorsports group me i was like hey guys you know enjoy the week off it's well deserved because the seven car had 185 points at this the first through the first 16 last year and now it has 98 more points than that this year in the first 16 races so that's a big deal we're not knocking on knock on wood we're not having parts failures we are just executing races better. And our cars have way more pace than they la- did last year just because we're kind of understanding how to make these things go and build some grip into it. So it's been good. And we only have, what, 20 left. So we've got to close this, this stretch out strong, Chuck. Well, at least 10, 12 October. more. We have 10 the regular until the playoffs. Yeah. 24 in the
2: regular season. Yeah.
1: 10 more. Atlanta and Daytona. we got them circled, buddy. We're going with
2: Hey, you're a road course guy now. Yeah, we well, are go to Chicago get, Street get, Course. Get Chicago done. Well,
1: don't we have shoot? We got three more in that ten race span. Yeah,
3: yeah. Watkins Glen, dude. Watkins Glen and Sonoma will Chef's always kiss. will always be my favorite road courses. No
1: doubt, no doubt. I'm just counting on the days until we go back to the Indy rectangle.
2: I'm over it. We haven't been there yet, but I'm over it. You know who's not over Sonoma? MTJ. Let's go.
1: Underrated. I mean. Is he For, I mean, that's his kind whole, of Kind of, I his, think.
3: That's his whole career. That's that's a dude that you look at and you're like, oh, Martin Truex, he's probably got like 15, 20 wins in yeah, championship. Yeah. He's mid-30s. 33
2: wins. Yeah. 33 wins. No, no, hang on, hang on. I'm wrong on that. Was no, it 33? It's somewhere close. It's it is like It was one of those ones. I read it the other day and I was like. Well, yeah,
1: when he was at Furniture Row, he won like 15 times a year. 33 wins.
2: Yeah, he yeah. had that in 2017, eight wins. In that season. That is a and
1: substantial number.
2: 19, he had a seven win season. So, like those two seasons. And pull in up. that stretch, it was like four, eight, four, seven, pull one, up, four.
1: Pull up how many years
2: has he What, what was his
1: first career win? His Do- first career Dover win? Dover
2: 07. Uh, Dover 07. And how many years was he? That was his that? second full time season. He'd run part time in Cup in 04 and 05. 2006 was his first full time season.
1: Pull up the all-time win leaders and see where he stacks up
2: right uh, he's he's up there Th- dude uh,
3: 33 will get gets you up there I yeah mean, 33 in the championship puts you in the hall of fame
2: yeah no he's he's a hall of fame i was gonna ask drummer. you you yeah.
3: think it's you think it's hof numbers i mean
1: Blue
2: if you numbers? if you are second only to jeff gordon at sonoma
3: Uh yeah but it's not the sonoma Hall. i'm of just
2: fame. no but i'm just saying like yeah. if you think about it oh, like the west Co- southern california hall of fame chuck but the names that he is in i don't think he's a first ballot guy but I think
3: he's. I think he's well second or third trip around. I mean,
1: a a Bush Series champion back day Two and time. a two-time Bush Series champion and a Cup Series champion. So he might
3: yeah. be. He might be first ballot. Th- that's he that's is, blue of material. He Absolutely.
2: is uh, right there around Joey Logano, Dale Jarrett, Fireball Roberts, Kurt Busch, Brad Keselowski. Yeah, Where's Kurt at? Kurt Busch is at thirty-four wins. Okay, I mean. And then MTJ's you get up to. a
1: heater, so there's a pretty good chance. He, he could have 40. Him. Yeah, he could have 40. So,
2: he is surrounded. 28 wins, Rex White, Hall of Fame. 26 wins, Dale Earnhardt Jr. No. Hall of Fame. 26 wins, Fred Lorenzen, Hall of Fame. Like, okay. he's he's a Hall of Famer. First ballot, that's the.
3: the oh, uh, uh, yeah. No, he, he, I think he's first ballot. Yeah. 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 When you when you
2: consider what he did in Xfinity. And, yeah. Dude,
3: he
1: used how to... many How many uh, cup wins did Matt Kenseth have?
2: Matt Kenseth had Stronger. 39. 39? 39. And no. No, one, yep,
3: championship one championship and no two year. two Daytona 500s. Okay, rookie of the year title, Coke
1: 600. I think might have been in there too. Pretty solid. Yeah, and he runs like 25 miles a day. He parks in the neighborhood. Oh just, yeah, and runs around him.
3: He's got enough property over there where he lives. Did you see, that
1: shit he did a Martinsville. Why don't, why don't he just? <laughs> I had to pick up the slack. Why
3: don't he just walk across the street? All those trails over there. I don't know. I didn't ask him. You ought to ask. I him should go bow hunt on his property. What else was substantial
1: from the, this race? I do like, no cautions.
3: Tyler Reddick, State. did you see his move?
1: He, no. uh, I did, I Dude, I literally see out of my windshield. He uh,
3: he blew a tire coming through 11, and then instead of running the track, he cut across. He basically cut across turn 11, went back in the pits, and then had to serve a pass through. Oh, really? Because he cut the track, yeah. He never made it back across the start-finish line, but, you know.
1: Okay, so he just did like a big loop he was around like, one? Yeah. And then, so he... He probably lost less time doing that than he that's And a, and a pass through than he would have went around with well, a
3: and, tire. And then and you got to think all the would have went on the racetrack, tire yeah. carcass, all that stuff. But that's what Brad Rand said today that he probably made some time by doing that. I have one more. Yeah.
1: I mean, at least a minute, probably. I mean, the lap time there was 79, 80 seconds.
2: Yes, Chuck. I have one more Martin Shrek's Stat. nugget to throw in there okay. that. In his 33 career, career wins, he has averaged 119 laps led. He's led the most laps in 17 of those victories, and 11 times he's led over half the race distance. His Coca-Cola 600 win in 2016, he led 392 of 400, which was about 98% of the race distance. So if you think about it, that was anytime it. he wins, and you saw it on Sunday, he, he dominates. That that Coca-Cola 600 was the
3: biggest, Sneezer. baddest ass whipping I've ever seen. For sure. But I have a question for you. How many more wins, and this is nothing against James Small, how many more wins would he have if, if he really got Cole Pern to stick around with him? I don't, a thousand, I don't. Bro, I don't, he I would have. Know.
1: I mean, Cole Pern was he would have been like suited for this car too. I mean, just how yeah. methodical he is and how living in the gray area and bending it just a little bit, not quite getting caught, is the, worth a ton of this stuff. He just wants to be skiing though. He was the he was the king of that. Where was Denny running when he drove it in the fence?
3: Pretty well. He was in
1: the top ten. Yeah. I think he was up higher than that because he was. I mean, lead. What he won the. Won he the was first the stage? Yeah, won the first stage. Uh, I about did that two, three times. It's really easy to do. Um,
3: well, he hit the inside wall and then first. slid out to the outside. 10th place. He spun from 10th place. Okay,
1: so. Lap 92. He was following somebody really tight, and on the front straightaway, the walls are so short there, you can't really see them, especially when you're following somebody. And if you're peeking out and you're you're showing like your A-post, just so you can kind of see around the A-post of the car in front of you, you're kind of hoping that that guy's leaving a little bit of a gap to the wall, like whatever you're... Whatever you're staggered out, you're thinking he's at least giving you a foot. But whoever he was following, maybe William Byron, I don't know who it was, but yes. um, He was staggered out just enough to where the inside wall clipped his right front and he kind of, or his left front. And he, I think it, he hit it at the same time he saw it. So he just flicked the wheel right when he hit it. So it just shot him to the right side. I mean, that just goes to show how like one. Not even a lapse of concentration, just one little. What would you even call that? Up,
2: miscalculation. <laughs> yeah.
1: miscalculation can end a day. I mean, there is so many instances throughout the course of a race that you have to make a mistake and that you have to give up a spot. To and like that's what I encourage anybody to go and just watch, like, go on the NASCAR app and watch the, and pick an in-car camera, and pick a scanner to listen to the whole race and just follow along. It's really freaking interesting.
2: I looked up, uh, I was doing, I was pulling some stats for the show and I I did basically a comparison between your speed and Kyle Busch's speed and like the, and where you guys ended up on the racetrack was a big spread, big spread, but speed, really small spread. So it's like one of those things where in a race like this, where if you're off on one thing, that's the difference in mm-hmm. like you saw it with Blaney, he, they did a good job of recovering. We're, and getting up there and then spins out and he loses you what can't twenty spots it. and yeah yeah, yeah that's, he got wrecked twice right but yeah. still like there's it's little that happens that adds it, up
1: it's hard to pass because I mean you can lay over anybody's average speed I mean the guy who f- had the fastest lap of the race Justin Haley finished a couple spots behind oh, yeah. me in twenty third right so any one of those guys can rifle off a, a fast lap and it's was that overall speed or like average speed of lap average jump?
2: speed like you guys were right there yeah. like with each other so like. So, it's, one, it's, that
1: makes me feel good that I'm starting to figure out how to make pace at a road course. Two, is just goes to show, even though you can be fast and still run bad or still finish bad if the track position game doesn't fall your way. How much of a rhythm do you get in, in a track like – I mean, it seems like this in Watkins Glen, it's very rhythmic. Watkins Glen more so because the tire fall-offs less. Sonoma, the tire fall-offs a lot, so you actually change how you attack the corner a little bit. You're making your – as the tires get hot, you're not really wearing these tires out. You're just getting them hotter. So when they're stickers, you can kind of shallow your corner up. You can get it in obviously harder, but as the tires start wearing out, you got to back your corner up and start opening it up and make real pronounced angles to get a straighter drive because if you have any steering wheel angle in the car, when you start applying the gas, it'll spin the inside tire. And after about lap seven, maybe even less than that, lap five on stickers after seven you know that real tight i don't even know what you would call it 120 degree corner into the s is the top of the hill you can't even think about touching the gas i mean you're just like talk about an egg underneath it it's like and the whole thing the whole time it's it's wanting to just lay black marks down it's it's fun when you hit it because it's pretty easy to miss it but
3: and the last one i got for you after wilkesboro we talked about The potential of running groove tires at short tracks, is that something that you would want to see at a road course or no? Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be.
1: Now, that's way above my pay grade in terms of degradation.
3: Degradation. Degradation. But on the surface, what would it it do for you behind the wheel or the field, in your opinion? It
1: would be a big fall off. So you'd have a ton of grip on the front end. And if we were falling off, my fast lap was a a 78.0. 70 maybe. And then I would fall off to like 2150s, 2180s. So about a three second fall off, you'd be looking at five or six seconds of fall off. Probably a little bit faster on the front and a little bit substantially slower on the back end. You wouldn't be able to get it deep into the braking zones. You wouldn't be able to touch the gas pedal without spinning the tires. And I think NASCAR is looking pretty heavily just at a different tire combination. They Here's the thing this year. We ran a different tire there last year, but this year NASCAR wanted to keep the all the road course tires the same. So go to Sonoma, all the, seems like we're going to 10 road courses, but we're on the same tire for all those, which I could see the theory of that. Going into the off week, not much going on. Do we want to do a show next week? I
2: we, think we do. We got a yeah. guest coming in next yes. week. Who? Mr. Gilliland.
1: Oh, Todd Gilliland's Todd coming Todd Gilliland's in? coming in. That's all we got on Sonoma Recap talking about next week's show, but let's keep on trucking with this week's show. We got our dear buddy, Mr. Ryan Flores about to break down some pit road boats and woes from New Jersey right after this.
3: You can host the best backyard barbecue when you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.
1: All right, ladies and gents, we are joined by our fearless compadre via Zoom because he, unlike us three here in the trenches, went on vacation. Pit Road Boats and Woes, Ryan Flores joins the show. How's it going out there in New Jersey?
0: Jersey Shore, man. Paradise without a passport. It's uh, beautiful. You got tetanus yet? I grew up with it, buddy. Grew up drinking the tap water here.
1: <laughs> mm. Well, how's the ride up there?
0: It was good. Speaking of tap water, have you been to San Francisco lately, Merriman? That's where we just went. We hung out there for a day.
2: Uh, about Sonoma. five years ago,
0: yeah. It was nice. I did, I did the whole round there with the wife.
2: Is the tap water out there yeah. just, just wine? it is yeah i think you
0: just right. have to you drink bubbly yeah. We'd bubbly but
3: well welcome
0: to the show you had a good run this weekend dude
1: yeah we were solid actually just all weekend car drove well i'm starting to figure it out what to do what not to do i just need to get like i just need to keep getting like a little better Made need a little bit
0: you were nervous about it on the wine tasting on friday i, I just you were like i don't know i don't know how i don't kn-
1: because i have about zero confidence going to a road course for some reason but i mean I'm putting the work in, and it seemed to be showing up. We were solid top 20 all weekend. Uh, You're
0: stacking the pennies. You're stacking Stacking the road racing pennies.
1: That's it. One at a time. One braking zone at a time. One apex at a time. And we just on on the wrong side of that uh, tire falling off. So a lot of guys were racing around the 22, the 1. Some others flipped us, and we got kind of stuck in the hornet's nest. But beat you guys, so that was good. Yeah,
0: yeah, dude. Yeah, everybody did. We just about, about everybody hey, did.
1: we about had a freaking whoa, Chuck. Listen to this. So, they gave Ryan and Carissa gave their rental car to our friends who were joining us. They were flying out commercial out of San Francisco. They were gonna Carissa and Ryan were gonna had all their stuff in my rental car, gonna ride with Kelly and I to the FBO, in which we had just assumed that Victory and Champion flew out of the same place. So we get out of the track, and I'm like looking through my phone to see where, just to confirm that we're going to the same place. He's got his one in Oakland up. That's I think y'all are flying yeah, to Oakland. Oakland. So there's one intersection where it kind of diverges. You go left to Oakland or straight to Oakland. You bang a right to go to Sonoma, and we were about a hundred yards from the intersection in in traffic, and realized we were at the one that was about an hour and a half away uh, from where his was. So he made a audible call to his team with a minivan that were like 50 yards in front of us luckily we were able to kick those guys out and they were jumping that van and kept digging straight because it would i mean either we'd have been stuck or he'd have been stuck one probably he would not have been stuck it would have been us having a flatback commercial because we would have been in the wrong airport so that was about a whoa faux show
0: yeah, we got lucky there. Because yeah, Sonoma traffic leaving leaving the track is locked up. If you, you don't like you said, when you get to that intersection, if you don't go the right way, you're not gonna get be get not gonna be able to go back the other way. So Yeah, that was a that was clutch.
1: Got out so got rid of that woe. The thirty-four seems to be having some consistent woes with a so has he had two? tires fall no 38 had a
0: no that was a 38 which which before we get into the 34 stuff let's just cover the 38s right off the bat do you think that you touched on it earlier do you think that tire being out in the middle of pit road should have been a caution or not
1: i think so i wish i would have pitted before they threw the yellow but i did not know that there was a tire on pit road
0: the yeah. one car got yeah. like right like saw it happening and got like right around it
1: So you think that we should leave the tire on pit road till he sequence stops?
0: No, no, you have to get it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say the most dangerous thing at the racetrack is if there's a loose tire.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's the most liability that we have. If there's a tire
0: Uh, out there to hit. I guess the argument comes up and Higgy brought it up earlier before the show, the argument comes up like, okay, so should we have just sent a official out there to grab it since there was a pit road wall? Or, you know, does it become something that if there's team cars and one needs a caution, you just lose your tire and one's you know, one team is one team cars running bad. Do we get to that? Do we get to that point where people start using that? I hope not. But to me, you can't run out there and play in traffic and grab that tire. So I think there's a box of worms opened up there a little bit.
1: Yeah. You don't want to just roll tires out there intentionally.
0: Right. Nobody wants to get a penalty. No. So. So what else, what what else were the wheels? So 38. 34, 34 cars. So 38, they lose their, I don't know how they lost it. If it just bounced off the wall or it just never got back to the wall, but it rolled back on the pit road. And it was actually like, we were hoping for a caution. Uh, So we were watching it and it like started, it hit the wall and then it started rolling back towards the box. And then it did like this slow turn back on the pit road. And we're like, okay, we're going to get one. Uh, But it was like kind of in that weird spot where you can't run out there and grab it, but. Maybe you could. So that was a woe. Um, and then the 34 car, they come in running third there at the end of the race, uh, that last caution. And right front, uh, they lost a lug nut, which I, I watched it. There's a good video on NASCAR's Instagram kind of zoomed in on the front tire changer, which it's not Scott Brzezowski. Scott Brzezowski is their front tire changer every week. But if you remember back to the Coke 600, he lost – his right front tire fell off. So two weeks suspension, he's still out. That is a a backup guy in there. Did a good job all race, but I look at that a lot to understand why lug nuts fall out sometimes. Cause sometimes it's not just as like simple as um, gun angle. Cause if you pull the nut off, if you come off the nut before it's all the way unthreaded, so that, all right, let's just go back. There's an O ring in the gun and the O ring is probably 90% of what keeps the lug nut retained in the socket everybody runs kind of their o-ring at different tensions so you car stops you put the gun on the teeth engage. the o-ring goes over kind of a grooved part of the snout of the lug nut and if all goes well that lug nut stays in there during the exchange what it sounds like might have happened with him because he pulls he does the gun left-handed pulls right-handed when he pulls even if even if that O-ring is a little weak when he pulls the tire, the way that everybody's doing it now, it should, the wheel should push the lug nut back into the gun. Now, if he had a little bit of separation there, or if he didn't get fully engaged for some reason, the other thing too, is if you have a little bit of crap in the, in the gun, we have some O-ring sealant in there. If there's a rock that gets in there, a piece of rubber before you engage with the gun that could kick it out. So, Definitely unfortunate timing for that because they lose a bunch of spots, which sets him up to spin us out there at the end of the race, and he goes on to a top five finish. Is
3: it any? Is it magnets in there too to hold that in, or is it just an O ring?
0: There are magnets, but the magnets are pretty weak, and they're not gonna like. Like I said, the, the magnets do a little bit, but probably ninety percent of the retention is off of that O ring, and your just initial engagement. Those teeth are really important. There's just a lot a lot going there's a lot going on there with that mating surface where the nut and the gun the nut and the socket meet but there's also it's also not a lot at the same time uh you just got to make sure everything's clean and everything's all everything's filed and your o-rings in good shape because that's something where like sonoma it's cool in the morning and then it heats up and the o-rings are rubber so if it's cold they get harder and as it heats up they get softer so you got to watch that, especially days like that where it gets sunny, you know, in the middle of the day. If you leave your gun out in the sun, that O-ring will get soft and then the lug nuts will start falling out too. So it's it's definitely more going on there than what meets the eye.
1: So now we are two road course races into the season with no stage breaks.
0: Yeah. How'd you like that as a driver?
2: I
1: like it. I like no stage breaks. I like how it was all playing out.
2: Well, I got a question on that with the tire issue from the 38. You know, that was right. Was that not right around one of the, what would have been a See stage was, break?
1: Oh, I don't know if it yeah. was a stage break. I yet.
2: think it was close to what would have been a stage break. So when the stage breaks happen, pit road was shut down for what? Two laps mm. ahead of the break. So nobody could cut down pit road. Is that something that could have potentially happened during the race where they just close pit road, go get the tire and don't throw the caution? Or is, does that give a competitive edge one way or the other? Valid point you bring up, Chuck. I don't know the answer to that. They could
1: close it, but then, you know, if I don't know. Because you need – if you if you bag somebody for being somewhat committed to pit road and then you flip pit road close to get a tire and you make that guy do a pass-through, that would not be good, right? But I do like the premise of that, of not having to impede an entire pit cycle because that's what it did, right? The 12 to 15 guys have pitted – were able to flip the entire other th- half the field or three quarter of the field that didn't at th- to that point and that that made the race for i don't know four out of the top twelve probably uh guys that were able to get that track position and then to maintain and then you got guys like myself on the wrong side of it but that would be something to look into i think
2: i mean i like i like no stage breaks. Truex still won and he was dominant early he was dominant before that and then he even with that, was able to get yeah. back. Yeah. And-
3: Passed car, won the race.
2: Yeah. So. yeah. I well, liked
1: it. I'm glad you brought that up because that just goes to show how fickle these dang, th- uh, these next-gen cars are because do you know where he finished last year? Not great. So we could, we I think we all could collectively agree that Martin Trex is probably the best driver right now active at Sonoma with four victories, only trailing yeah. Jeff Gordon yeah. by yeah. one. He qualified 28th and finished 26th last year. The wow. guy that probably can get around there is well, as good as anybody. Toyotas as a whole were, we're not good at Sonoma last year. Dude, I'm telling – like, people think that the guys that are good or guys that are bad or teams that are hitting it or not, like, it doesn't take much to be out to lunch no matter how good you are or how bad you are. Martin Truex Jr., four but, total Sonoma wins, ran twenty. Ran an astounding 26 last year.
0: We finished uh, with the 2 and the 12. We finished 5th and 6 last year, and I think this week we finished – 5th and 6 from 50. last. Fifty fifth and fifty sixth. Yeah. So yeah, it's I mean it's it's easy to miss it, you know. And that's uh, the the one person who didn't finish that bad from our group was the twenty two, and those guys had the best average of the week on pit road. So they'll be our dogs of the week, which I'm pretty proud of because those are the guys I practice with every week. So I'm can you stoked can you, for them? Well, who are Can they? you name those guys without you know me oh, calling them off the roster? I can give you personal information about them. I'm Ooh. with them so much. Kids names, mailing <laughs> yep, address. Tanner Andrews, front changer. Dog. Jeremy Ogles, Alabama's finest tire dog. carrier. Roll dog. Graham Stoddard, Nebraska linebacker. Gosh. Jackman. Massive, massive dog. He's these calves are the size of my head. Everybody's favorite, second favorite Asheville hillbilly, Nick Hensley, is the gas man. Uh, who's the first? Uh, Coleman Presley. Dog. Hot dogs, uh, both of them. <laughs> both of them on the same. Both of them on the same team. <laughs> Celebrity hot dogs. <laughs> and uh, I, I was thinking about this. Jake Seminara, the rear changer, might be the winningest pit crew guy on pit road. He started changing tires for Biffle on the 16 car when he was a teenager, and then he was with Kyle Busch for like a decade on the 18 car, and now then he uh, switched from there and came over to to Joey probably like four or five years ago. Maybe more now, but he won a championship with Joey in a bunch of races, so I think he is. When you that'd be something interesting to do, kind of go down and see who the winningest guys on pit road are. But Jake Seminara, Rear Changer, is definitely the top on the dog. top of that chart. The oh, top dog. He might dog. be the top dog. Yeah. Well,
1: congrats to that twenty-two team for being the best on average, but the nineteen team got her done. Two yeah. dubs in the win column this year for Martin Truex. Far cry better than what they were last year. Couldn't even sniff
3: the front. No, I mean people were talking about him retiring at the end of this season. He ain't retiring now,
0: and he's a points leader.
3: Dang, don't look now. Third straight, third TJ. Third straight week we've had a different points leader in the Cup Series. Ringing the
0: bell. Oh yeah, you guys doing anything good for the off week?
1: So I'm sitting there brushing my teeth last night, and you know we got a group of four or five guys work out with us six a.m. in the morning at the shop. And she's Kelly's like, "You working out in the morning?" I was like, "Yeah." What time? Six. She's like, "Well, can't you text those guys and..." Move it back a little bit. It's an off week. So, it ain't no off weeks. <laughs> it's just a week you don't compete against anybody else but yourself. That's it. You're always competing, Chuck. Ain't no off weeks here. Just no. Because we ain't racing don't mean it's off. No. We in here grinding. We in Every here talking. Day. Every day. I wake up in the morning, work out at six. Where are you at? I saw um, a little ticker on your watch. It says zero on your exercise meter.
2: Yeah, work out in the afternoon. I'm, I'm an evening guy. I'm
3: going fishing this weekend. So you- He's going fishing this
1: weekend. That's good. That's a good break. I, don't know. I did
0: 100 push ups this morning because I felt bad because I saw the group chat and everybody was there working out, and then I was here.
1: That's all right. Hanging out so. in Jersey's worked out enough.
0: Harper said, Harper said Dad, why are you doing push ups? I said, Because I feel bad about myself. I feel fat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel self conscious. I, I ate a Wawa sandwich at 10 o'clock last night. I got <laughs> some push ups in.
1: Yeah, that's really the difference. All right. Hey, we got one penny for your thoughts question specifically for you before you roll off and do some family stuff. Chuck, what
2: do we got? All right. Andy Miller wants to know, Skip, after seeing the Garage 56 pit stops, would you like to see the overhead air hoses brought to NASCAR? Is there a safety slash competition aspect that would make things
0: better or worse? Um, I don't I I like like that. I thought they looked cool for what they were doing and for Lamont, dude. Shout out to everybody on that garage fifty-six program. I was I think I was like the rest of maybe the collective garage that really didn't understand what the overall goal was there because I just didn't know much about lamar But following along with it, like I had a, just a sense of just being proud of, of you know what what the people in our garage can do and and where we are as a sport. Those guys went there and they they crushed it not just on pit road but on the track and hell they broke a it looks like they broke a, a gear and they fixed that in like forty minutes. It was just a great showing for our sport. So shout out to them, but. As far as the hoses, man, I really like how pit stops are done right now, and uh, I think that you know we, we take all the good safety precautions, but there's an art to the hoses and how they are. And I don't love more stuff hanging over pit road and those pit boxes like the way those hoses are. I think they actually can get – I think they can still get caught on stuff kind of hanging over the box, so I thought it was cool how they did it, but I'll stick to how we do it every week.
1: There you have it. That's a good question. That's a good penny for your thoughts question. All right, old buddy. Have some fun this week. See you next week in studio.
0: See you guys then. Have a good one.
3: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: All right, we
1: just had one Penny for your thoughts question. We got a couple
2: more, Chuck. Yeah. Hit me. All right, so we got one from Phil, which is at Mobius Spider. Wants to know, hey guys, if you could take NASCAR anywhere, what country would you take it to?
1: You already heard it in the in the uh, Julie Geezy <laughs> We're going to Cape Town, Brazil. <laughs> so either Brazil or South Africa doesn't matter to either me. One of those. Okay. Um, oh man! I'll change my answer
3: because that sounded like I was the dumbest son of my <laughs> in my geography class. <laughs> you get paid to go somewhere real fast and figure out where you're going, yeah, and I'd you're, to you're be an oftentimes oval. late to this podcast, and you don't even know geography. Good talk. Any kind of problems with that. Yeah. That's a great skill set for a race car driver.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> mean. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's why i always go left there you go i mean what do you what what do you want from not much keep that blinker on
1: one of the hey one of the prerequisites that's being a race car driver is not being smart
3: where, where would you go what country yeah. uh, where would you go chuck i think thinking? it'd be cool
1: to go do the thunder dome australia yeah
2: yeah it, i mean recreate that Corey story dude <laughs> i i'm i'm with you on that the australia one like looking at all the footage of our camera guys down there they had fun so i'd be done i'd like that
3: i think go J- down under i think japan would be be sweet to go back to
2: japan You've Been there too
3: yeah. do
1: they have any decent uh well now that i'm getting pretty good at road courses let's do a road course too doesn't matter i'm starting to
3: be a ringer chuck i mean if you're doing that i mean japan and australia aren't crazy far away so why wouldn't you just do a double header just do double header freight them over crikey
2: i mean yeah
1: Uh, that mean they don't strike me as like very close together but you know i mean
2: they're (laughs) australia's same same side of the world how how,
3: google it chuck google maps that
2: (laughs) google maps how (laughs) many uh, how
3: long the drive would how long would the drive be
2: what from australia to japan
3: yeah how long does that swim
2: uh well let's see australia to japan
1: Okay, what's the next question?
2: The next question is, Logan Haga wants to know, question for the podcast, you've had a couple of different hairstyles in your career. I'd like your two cents on in the 75 years of NASCAR, uh, which ones would you want, which ones do you think need to come back and which ones do you think need to stay gone?
1: Of my my own hair not styles?
2: necessarily yours, but in the seventy five years of NASCAR, what hairstyles? Bill um, Elliott's afro was was on point.
1: Solid. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Petty's do as well in the mellow yellow. The Yanni Yanni cut. Gosh, that thing was solid. Got to keep Earnhardt's mustache. Got to lose Jeff Gordon's
3: mustache. What about frosted tips, Dale? Ooh. Junior.
1: Got to keep the bleached visor, Dale. <laughs> <laughs> For That's sure. Funny. Uh, definitely keep that for the, what, who else had some good ones?
2: I
3: feel like Casey, did Casey Kane
2: well, get like some spiked, uh, did he like, tips? did he bleach yeah. his
3: hair one time? Yeah.
2: Like Eminem. Yeah. I
1: believe so. Yeah. Like Brooks Kepka is, yeah. I don't know if he has it anymore. He had an interesting hairstyle.
2: I mean, I feel like a good, uh, what's his name? The car, uh, Marty Robbins had the See, chops back in the day.
3: Chops are good. What about the guy who used to be the hat guy in Victory Lane? Oh Bill.
2: yeah, yeah, What's yeah. His the, name beard? his
3: last name? the bearded guy. Yeah, yeah. the uniform I mean, guy.
1: He kind of looked like you, just Bill. Like thirty
2: years older. Why am I drawing a blank on his name? I like Broderick. Bill, yeah, Broderick. Bill Broderick, Bill Broderick, Bill Broderick. Now that yeah, that was some hair. That was a mane. That was a mane of hair for sure. Got to keep the King stash as well. And he had a little. He had some curly stuff coming underneath out underneath like that STP yeah, mesh yeah, hat yeah. for sure.
3: Um, I was watching a, a cut down of a race when I was like very caught off guard because they kept referring to him as Dick Petty back in the day. It was like 1963. I wish I'd have kept that. Dick Petty.
2: Yeah. Wow. Comes the king, it's Richard. That's right. Like, king Richard. You can't be. King Dick. No. You it can't, doesn't roll off the tongue. It does not. I do have one final, uh, depending for your thoughts, that came in uh, last night. Mm. That I felt like would be a good one. And it made a, and the another. cut. It did make the cut. So, CK at Prairie Homestead wants to know My kids wanted to ask a Penny for Your Thoughts question. Ross hasn't had any instance since Janie left the pod. Coincidence from Jacob and Jesse. Well,
3: do you think Justin hired him to, I don't hired know. Her to babysit <laughs> Ross? To, well, I mean, that's what
2: NASCAR <laughs>
1: hired her for us to babysit us to, to keep us straight. I think. I think that's completely unrelated. What I don't think is completely unrelated is since that instance, where where was that? Where Darlington? Darlington. He has since lost the points lead, and I don't think he's finished better than like tenth.
3: He also cooled off really, really the same way, really quickly last year. He cooled <laughs> off over the summer last year. Yeah, so but
1: didn't he already have two wins? At this had, point, he had two he wins, but big difference. So, wonder what it's going to take to get that one car no back. Tear some up, wheels. Ross. Go go get after it. Let the dog hunt. Yeah. Let him hunt. Wreck a Hendrick car. <laughs> let the dog hunt, Chuck. Big they're trying to hold to that
2: big dog back. Let that him dog. eat. He hungry. Who's, who's the paint stacker of the week? <laughs> Who was hungry for that 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 accolade? Oh, a lot of people. A lot of people. Hungry
1: for that, but uh, let me pull up the text. So, my photographer, shout out, Corey. His name's also spelled correctly. He was driving the golf cart around looking for some different spots and he spotted a quarter of the joy flag flying high in the breeze. So he went to go check it out. He said, Hey, it's Ed and his daughter Kelly. They're the only ones flying a seven flag in the 50 acre campground. It's huge fans. I met them randomly when taking a golf cart shuttle from camping to the track. So they even made stacking pennies. Number seven, Cornhole Boards. Hey. what? The, yeah. Look at that. They got a Hendrick one, so we won't. That's okay. Hey. I drove the last You drove, you last drove for Hendrick? Yep. My man's got a Stacking Penny shirt on, Spire hat on, Spire hat, number seven hat. She's wearing a Bowman t-shirt, t-shirt that's okay. So, shout out Ed and his daughter Kelly for being... The only number seven flag flyers in all of California. So I appreciate that. You guys are the penny stackers of the week. And also, hey, anybody else can be the penny stacker of the week as well. If you just hashtag penny for your thoughts and fire over a question on Twitter, we'll get to that thing next week. In the off weeks, we need a little extra time to fill, so I'd love to get some more of your questions. Also, make sure to like, download, share, rate, review, all the things. No spare change this week. No spare change this week. There's nothing to talk about. Happy Father's Day! I bought Big Rand a new golf cart. Oh yeah, for Father's Day. That's one, one of those
3: Polaris, there, right? uh, one of those Polaris Rangers. Something that will really leave a mark on Flores when his kids steal. <laughs> the- Bro, if if Crew lays on the gas in this summer, <laughs> she's going to end up in,
1: in definitely in the pool. And I'd probably shed a tear because those things are not cheap. Nope. But yes, that Big Rand's going to like his Father's Day present. Um, so I'm excited to give him that. Certainly wouldn't be doing what I was doing without him. And uh, all the fathers out there, and even the ones that are trying to be, Chuck, good luck on that. See you all next week. This is Stacking Pennies. Goodbye.